Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. You might hear it a few times today. Just remember, it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, which is, in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders, helping out folks wherever I can. I love to be consultative. I love to share my stories, hear the stories on the other side of the table, provide perspective, create connection where I can. Every single Friday, you could find me... show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. This week, we observed Martin Luther King Day, which meant more to me than just chasing after my children when they were off from school. Dr. King has some great quotes. I wanted to share some before we got started today. Don't worry. I'm not going to recite the entire I Have a Dream speech, but there are some great sound bites, and they will relate well to our special guest and the topic of discussion. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl, but do whatever you have to keep moving forward. Remember, perfection doesn't really exist. It's making the progress that really matters. Another one that hit home, the time is always right to do what is right. The art of sales in general is definitely something that's going to come up in the course of our discussion today, but sometimes salespeople will hear it's not the right time. Just food for thought, Dr. King's quote is one that might be helpful to keep top of mind in that type of situation. Real quick, wanted to pay a quick tribute to Meatloaf, Marvin Lee Day, or MLA, who sadly passed away yesterday at the age of 74. Condolences to his fans and family. I've been listening to some of his tunes here this morning, just to remember. Uh, once we get going here, it will be like a bat out of hell, so just wanted to give a quick shout-out. While I did some great reflection on MLK Day this year, one thing that I've noticed is that some of the best thought leadership and clarity for SMBs actually happens on Friday when we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're overlooked, they're swept aside, they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics on the minds of SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. Quick thought for everyone, my last name means free in German, so the name of the show is not just to play on words. There is some deeper meaning here, people. Shades are on, weekend's here, let's kick this thing off. Today's show is about taking and making payments. Everyone's starting to get their credit card statements from the holidays, they're freaking out, we spent all our money. At the same time, SMBs who accept credit cards, they might be complaining because of steadily increasing fees on all their credit card revenue, which is probably 80% or better for most businesses. The financial services industry is in the midst of a significant transformation, which has been nothing but accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. In light of the key uh, role digitization plays in the financial lives of individuals and SMBs, electronic payments are at the heart of this transformation. We're going to get some perspective on the world of payments today, discuss how businesses can streamline their efforts, potentially save money, and gain additional insight from their payment data. If you guys have heard that talk is cheap, we're on talkradio.myc. We don't want it to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the business landscape, use it to create more impact come Monday morning. Don't forget about it over the weekend. It's far too often for me that SMBs I work with, they're focused on the product that's going to solve all their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, the new app. One thing that I can see consistently out there is that products change every single day in everything we do, business, personal, no matter. There is no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first. You do that, you execute a good process together, 
to achieve your goal, you will find the right products. They will present themselves when they're needed. Everything begins and ends with the people. And I love the people business. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, we have a phenomenal show here for you. Our very special guest is none other than Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. Brian grew up on Long Island, attended SUNY Albany, graduated with a degree in business administration, a highly motivated, results-oriented professional with proven ability to set new records, enhance margins, and expand customer base, extensive experience selling strategic solutions solutions to mass merchants, uh, has a background also in home furnishings, which we'll hear a little bit about, and a strong knowledge of the e-commerce market and latest trends. responsibilities to ensure the profitable growth of walk-in business as well as e-commerce business, strong account management, hunter to no end, never lets an opportunity waver, has the uncanny ability to really size up a situation, especially in a space where people think it's it's one way or the highway, uh, dramatically improved uh, the types of business, both walk-in retail as well as online e-commerce. Uh, acted, has acted as a liaison to account executives, uh, C-level executives as well. Uh, senior merchant services sales professional, a team player working with many partners, both experienced and new to the industry, loves to specialize in complex integrations across all industries and emerging markets. Brian says payments are supporting the development of digital economies and are driving innovation all while functioning as a stable backbone for our economies. He is the man in the payment space. I can't think of anybody else we would want to talk to. We're also going to have some fun with my favorite questions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? Who's the artist you want to hear play it? Joining us from sunny Bergen County, my brother from another mother, whose last name actually means honorable in German. Brian, welcome welcome to Always Friday, my man. (laughs) Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, Steve. I, I appreciate it. That was uh, an awesome introduction, and uh, I'm happy to be here today, and I'm happy that I can uh, be on your show and uh, give a little insight into uh, what's going on. So uh, while you're my brother from another mother, my real brother's name is actually Brian, Brian with an I, but uh, enough about my journey. Let's hear about yours. You have a significant amount of experience, and, and it's really between two positions on your resume. So dive into it. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Thanks, Steve. You know, um, you know, I'm actually really proud of that. You know, um, you know, you get so many LinkedIn uh, people that are asking you to move around all the time and, and, and look at new opportunities. And to me, you know, that that that, that foundation that you lay um, for business um, and who you are is, is so important and, and not moving from from place to place and uh, and looking just for, you know, more money. But um, you know, staying with one company and and being loyal, and, and it's really it's really kind of the story of my career. You know, um, uh, so founder's journey. Uh, give you a little bit of in- insight. Um, I started as a stock guy for an electronics company on Long Island. Uh, the name was PC Richard and Son, and it was um, something right away. It was really my first job. The first thing I can kind of sink my teeth into. And, uh, you know, I loved every minute of it. And I remember, you know, they would call my name and ask me, uh, you know, we have a carry out for a big screen TV. And uh, I would walk by these salespeople and I would be like, wow, this just looks fun. It looks like something I can do. And, you know, watching these customers excited, whether they were holding, uh, you know, I don't want to date myself, a a camcorder or or a Walkman. Um, 
It was it was just uh, an unbelievable um, thing to watch salespeople sell. I mean, at a young age, and um, I, I took the opportunity to meet the owner one day when I was in the break room. I saw that Gary Richards was going to be um, coming into the location and uh, having you know like an annual sales meeting in the uh, in the Plainview location. So I um, I decided one morning that I would come in. Uh, before the store opened, uh, to and I told them that I was going to uh, clean the stock room or something like that. And really, my only intention was to meet uh, the man. You know, I thought he, to me, was a legend. Um, you know, Gary Richards. And you know, I went in there, and uh, when the meeting was over, and I shook his hand, and I remember his hands were—they uh, were larger than life. You know, and and I said to him, I said, "Hey, you know, I know that uh, you have to be." you know, 18 years old to be a, a you know, a salesperson here. Um, but this is really what I want to do. And I pitched it, I pitched it real hard, you know, and this was the first time I had ever really pitched myself. Um, it, it was, it was like, I was bleeding passion at a young age. I'm like, I really, really want to do this. And I'm telling you, I can sell more than anybody in here. And he put his arm around me and he said, I'll tell you what, he's like, you're only 17. You gotta be 18 to do this. So I'm going to make you an ace and an ace you were allowed to sell batteries and uh, film, you know, if you remember uh, film from Kodak and, and all those companies, Fuji film. And uh, I was off to the races. That's really the, where the journey started. You know, I, um, they made me a salesperson as an ace. My salesman number was 2436. And, uh, you know, I immediately uh, didn't listen and because I knew I could sell. And I started selling sub-zeros and those large big screen TVs that uh, were looked more like furniture, if you remember. And, and that was it. I mean, um, it just evolved from there. I mean, I couldn't believe the business that I, I was attaining. People were coming back and they had like this loudspeaker would say, two, four, three, six, you have a customer to see you up front uh, every five seconds. And there was like a line of people to see me. And, and uh, I, I somehow developed at a young age, this, this understanding that how could I capture the, the consumer's attention? How could I get them to come back to me? I mean, I couldn't believe, you know, looking, you know, looking back at, you know, Founder's Journey now and, and the fact that I understood that the sale was not a one-time sale, that it was more than that because I wanted them to come back to me. I wanted their kids to come back to me and I wanted them to, you know, for me to be that person that could sell them whatever, whatever they needed, you know? Um, and it was just a, it was an amazing journey. I had made more money than I could dream of. And uh, during that journey, uh, one of the people that I had sold to was, um, and I don't mind mentioning his name because he's a, you know, an, an, really a big figure in my life. His name was Ira Phillips. Um, he's no longer here. And Ira was buying gifts for a lighting show um, that they did two times a year in January and June. And, uh, you know, after maybe a year, he said to me, he said, you know, I really would like you to join um, my team. And uh, I said, okay. And as a young, you know, kind of punk kid, I said, well, how much am I going to make? He's like, well, we start everybody out at $21,000 a year. And I was like, what? I'm like, I just made 52,000 last year. He's like, but you're 18 years old. He's like, he's like, I'm, and I remember he said to me, he's like, I'm pretty sure that's the most money you're ever, you're ever going to make here. He's like, I actually think that you have reached the pinnacle of your career at PC Richards. <laughs> um, and, 
you know, uh, in, in, in a short period of time. And, and uh, you know, that was a lot of money to make. And I thank, thank myself every day for, for taking that job. And fast forward 20 years later in the home furnishings business, that is really what, you know, got me to understand the small and medium business, um, you know, inside and out from a wholesale B2B standpoint, from how they went to market, um, got to enjoy the dot-com era, um, and, you know, watch the evolution of e-commerce and be a part of that when the companies didn't even want to, um, they had no strategic idea how to even embrace those types of business. I remember bringing them a business in Pearl River um, called Lighting Showplace, and I met with the owners, and they were telling me what they did, and I was so excited, and, and uh, I brought it to the company. They're like, nope, we're not doing that. You know, you know, brick and mortar all the way. You know, we're loyal. We're loyal. And I said, yeah, you know, I said, uh, I agree. I'm loyal to my clients, too. I said, but I'm telling you, I think there's something here. I, this is going to be a big disruption to our industry. And so, um, you know, having, you know, an understanding of that at an early age was really just, you know, unbelievable. And I don't want to bore you, but, you know, you know, you know, that was a 20 year career. And um, when that kind of came to an end, uh, I knew that um, that the financial industry was really kind of a, where I wanted to be. And uh, I took a shot, uh, studied the industry backwards and forwards and knowing that, the, you know, the skill set that I had created from all those years um, could could bring me to where I needed to be, you know, not in, in the, it would ultimately get me to the where I am today with not even understanding everything I needed to know early on about payments. Hold, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. I love what you're saying. We're going to pick right back up on it when we come back with Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. It's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my good man, Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. We were just uh, going over a little bit of his journey and interesting to hear about his, his journey of his career and how he evolved, but also how the industry, we're going to get a little bit deeper into the payments world, how that's been evolving as well. If uh, we could sit out by my fire pit for just a moment and t- let me give a quick perspective. I know you like to sit by the fire pit, Brian, but uh, quick, quick, quick perspective on the situation. Situation. This is one of these perfect blend of science and art types of conversations, and I'm excited to get into it. My money, I feel like I can write a book on this, but I, I can't. There are so many opportunities and complexities associated with this space, especially as it relates to the business world, particularly small, medium-sized businesses. A lot of times, folks that I will speak with, they'll look at the payments world as a commodity, a necessary evil. You need to get paid. You need to have associated services. And they look at it as the race to zero. This couldn't be further from the truth. Every business has individual needs. This area is one where it's what what you say is is nowhere near as important as how you say it and what the other person hears. The specialists who excel at this world are the ones that look at clients as a custom tailored suit as opposed to something you buy off the rack. There's no way you would buy a custom tailored suit without getting measured for it. In the world of payments these days, businesses do themselves a disservice if they don't engage with somebody like a Brian to look at the whole situation. So Brian, let's get a little bit into the method behind the madness. You know, talk to us a little bit. Okay, uh, your mic went out a little bit there. So uh, can you just repeat that that last thing? I couldn't hear the, the last part. Sorry, good old internet. And, you know, give us yeah. some perspective from, from what you're doing at Heartland these days, what you're doing, how you're doing it, and how you're going to market for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, for me, everything has always been about and centered around relationships and partnerships. Um, and, you know, I meet with clients all the time and, you know, I'm fortunate to be at a, a point in my career where um, I'm being brought in on a lot of deals because of the partnerships I created. And usually when I'm sitting down with a client, you know, I really just want to learn who they are. And they're, they're, they're always, um, you know, really fast to want to give me their statement um, and they want to get to the numbers all day long. And, you know, to me, that's the easiest part of the job, you know, I mean, looking at a statement and, uh, you know, once you've mastered it, you know, I can glance at it. I, I know, I know what they're paying. Um, but there's just so much more to it and, 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 differentiating yourself from being that standard, um, you know, rep that's going to walk in and say, can I see your statement? You know, for me, it's about looking around the room, I'm always looking around the room and, and, and trying to just see who, who is that individual? How did they get here? You know, like, and then uh, we talked about this. I always say to myself, like, why am I here? You know, how did I get, how did I, how was I fortunate enough to get this meeting with this guy, whether he does, um, you know, a hundred thousand a year or a hundred million dollars a year. You know, I take every, every opportunity to get to know these people, get to know their business. And most of all, like, I always want to know, like, you know, and that's why I say, look around the room. If, you know, you see that picture of the dad, you know, um, who's the soccer coach or he's a, um, you know, he's a baseball player. You just want to learn who they are, you know, because you want to you want to be real. And, and, and it, once you can get to that that feeling of realness with a client, you know, um, that's when you know you could be at your best. I always found you're at your best 
and you're not just you know coming in and, and pitching something. It, it's it's just understanding the situation, and you know. So my go-to-market strategy is just really always always been uh, you know to to learn learn the business, learn who they are, you know, what are their needs, um, and and listen, you know, more than speak in that beginning. And, and this is something I struggle with, you know. That, you know, people will always ask you, you know, like. What's the problem that you have? And, and listening and, and not speaking is tough. So I'll have to bite my tongue for a while because, you know, you're, you're looking for these little segments throughout what they're saying, right? And and that's what's going to give you, you know, that that positive reaction and give them what they need to understand, you know, should they make a move? What product is it that they need? Because a lot of times they don't know what they need, you know? They yep, think that sure. they're that we're here just to you know, save them money. And, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's really just not about that. I never sell on price. If it, it, I do understand that it's, it's, it's part of the business and, uh, you know, getting to that right price is, is, is where, you know, people's mind is, is always at, can I save money? Can I save money? Yeah. But, um, you need to know what we can do for you and how you're currently like, what's your structure? How do you currently take payments today? So, that's really where, where, you know, where it's at for me is to learn people. It's really about also, which I, I love the whole sentiment, just the lasting impact that you're going to leave on the business. You know, I talk about from weekend insight to Monday impact, you want to leave people better off than they were before. And sometimes it's real difficult to do that. If they just look at you as a bill that they're paying instead of kind of opening up as to the whole kind of course of events, the workflows, the daily tasks, like things that are associated. It's something where my eyes have been crazy open to it, speaking with you and speaking with you know, some of the folks that we've worked with together out there. About the end user businesses, if, if the end user businesses look at it as as just a bill and it's like, yeah. So what about like, you know, give, give me your best price, like make it cheaper than the current guy I'm, I'm working with, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you navigate. Cause there's so much more method than just, like you said, just the money. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I sit down with a client and uh, they're immediately throwing a bill in front of me um, and, and actually, you know, they're handing me the statement they're saying, all right, listen, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take this meeting. You know, if you could save me money, then, then great. You know, I, you know, honestly, it's such a turnoff for me. I really just almost want to leave at that moment. Um, and, you know, there's that that side of me that wants to leave. And there's also that side of me that's um, that little aggression side of me that says, uh, well, I'll show this guy, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, because, you know, right away, you know what he's doing, right? He's setting a baseline understanding that he switched five, six times. There's no loyalty at all. That's what I pick up from that. And uh, whatever price I give him, he's going to, uh, he's going to, you know, hand it to another guy. And that's really his only focus. So like I said, you know, the, the, um, the part of me that I love to attack on that, you know, after I get that little annoyed feeling inside, because I can tell that there's not a lot of uh, loyalty is that, uh, you know, I, there's an aggression of, of saying like, listen, you know, there's so much more here. So let's take a step back. I'm happy to look at your statement, you know, and I always tell them that's the easy part of the business. That's just numbers. Right. And like you said, race to the bottom, you know, and so really setting the table for somebody is just to get them to just focus on you and just say, listen, first off, I need to understand how you currently take payments today. And they'll be like, you know, because Everybody, everybody that's out there, they always pigeonholed our industry as credit cards. And early right. on, when I took over here uh, in this industry, 
I said, you know, credit cards is, I, I don't even mention credit cards really. I just say, listen, we are in the payments industry. How do you currently take payments today? What does that look like um, as a whole? Because we can service you, we can service your cash part of your business uh, via POS with the cash drawer, right? So we are technically um, handling their cash. If it's, they're getting paid by check and they've never taken a credit card, that opens the door to talk about ACH. It opens the door to talk about, um, I'm sorry, uh, talk about ACH and talk about um, invoicing and, and, and then yes, uh, opens the door for surcharging, right? Because if, if they don't take credit cards, we know that they've been holding out for the last possible minute because they don't wanna pay the fee, right? And that's the part that they really just don't understand, you know, and that's, that's really my job is to really set a baseline understanding of what does, what does it cost your business to take payments right now, right? Is it, uh, is it 2%, is it 3% as a whole? And, and getting them to understand that that's a real cost of doing business, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and if we can offset that cost, you know, that's great. And, and we could show them how to make that money back. Um, you know, that's really, that's, that's always how I go into it is to just get them to understand how they currently take payments today. And that there's many, many methods of doing it faster. I think what you just said is so important, the taking and, and making of payments, the movement of money back and forth between businesses and their clients, vendors, et cetera. Uh, you know, uh, again, they're so focused on the on the credit card side. Sometimes they forget about those other pieces. And I, I, it just blows my mind, like how how much of the time they spend on that. Like I have folks that that I've spoken with as of late where they they have two people in their office doing the, the invoicing for multiple days at a time where they might be able to kind of link it up with other things they're already doing. Right. I mean, they might, might even be able to, um, not that you want to see this, but eliminate a position or, you know, um, maybe the technology that we're bringing to them is going to open the door for brand new, you know, net new revenue for the business that will, that, that it makes sense to, you know, to get rid of B, to, to bring in A, you know, it, there, there's, there's just many solutions uh, in, in our world. I mean, it's, it's so broad and there's so much opportunity and it's such an exciting industry. Um, there's so much buzz that's around it right now. And I feel like when I go into any of these uh, situations that I'm, that I'm brought into, I feel no matter what, that it's an, it's an absolute win. Like I'm going to win one way or the other. Yep. You, you said something important there too, where, where some of the technology could actually replace a position. And that's something that I, I've seen firsthand that businesses and their and their employees fear in some ways. They fear the, the job security, they fear the change. But there's also the very big empowerment side of that where the folks involved in the daily mundane monotonous tasks, like they can be, you know, have more resources, have more time back to actually go out and help grow the business. So I think that's something that's really important where something like taking and making payments can be looked at as a necessary evil. It can actually be looked at as, as a potential revenue driver these days. That's something we're going to get back into when we come back from this break with Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. Stay with us. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. A lot of stuff to talk about. feel like we could be here all day. We'll trim it down as best we can for you guys. But you know, some, some things we were discussing you know, before last commercial, just something that could be often looked at as a commodity for small, medium-sized businesses, a necessary evil, can actually be used as a potential growth engine, a major time saver, a way for folks to repurpose their resources. So we're going to get a little bit deeper into the madness here with Brian, which I know there's a lot of stories from the field. This is the artistic observational part of the show. And I know Brian likes to to kind of circle around the idea of the art of selling, which, again, perfect blend of science and art here. So, Brian, let's let's hear a little bit about stories from the field, things that you see, no subject too taboo. We want to hear it all. You know, tell us a little bit about some of the madness you've been encountering lately. Oh, uh, you know, uh, I always say Monday, it, it's, it's like Monday madness. I mean, uh, you know, every, every, every week, uh, the, 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 um, the week starts with, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, clients that are having trouble with some, some part of their business, whether it's technology or something that's going wrong because they have a new, um, you know, just craziness. But I'll give you a funny story though. Um, I, I have about 80 car washes. Okay. And, uh, you know, this has always been a very difficult <clears throat> sale because uh, what happens is that ownership is never, uh, they're never running the show there, okay? So um, when you close a car wash and, you, and you're ready to go, and, and look, um, just anybody that's in the payment space, I'm sure that they know, when you have a car wash that could do half a million dollars a month with a $10 average ticket and we're in a fee-based business, those $10 that get there, yeah, not the sexiest business to say, but, you know, I, you know, I service 80 car washes, but, um, you know, that is what is going to be make you very successful and, you know, attaining businesses like that, that have a low average ticket that, that, uh, you know, get to a, a good revenue. But the funny part about that business is that, you know, there's sabotage everywhere, you know, if, when you close that sale, 
you then have to deal with the cashier um, and uh, that may not be um, as educated. You don't know if they're being uh, kind of greased on the back end. There's always um, all these decision makers, like we talk like when we're dealing with enterprises, uh, uh, enterprise type of businesses, is, is that you get through all these doors, and, you know, and, uh, and then there's blocks. From the time you sell a, a deal, you're then being blocked in all these different ways um, by different, whether it's a person, technology, um, it's, it's crazy. And, and one of the things I, I always hear from some of these businesses are, um, where's the refund button, they'll say to me, on the terminal. And uh, this is always a very, uh, you know, your eyes should perk up right away because people don't understand that on these devices, you know, this is, this is like holding an unlimited amount of money uh, right here. <laughs> and uh, the fact that somebody can just hit the refund button and swipe their credit card and give themselves a $10,000 payday right there um, is very concerning to our industry. Um, and and it's, it's why that you need to educate the clients on uh, what these terminals do and make sure that you're protecting their business uh, nonstop, you know, because when I hear that, that's that's really been a madness that's been going on, uh, you know, with, with, you know, surrounding our industry right now. Chargebacks, um, as you know, and I'll briefly touch on that, um, is been just bananas since uh, COVID. Um, and, and the reality is, is that the data is out there, right? Uh, you can go on Google and you can learn the different codes and how to win a chargeback. Um, and, and this is, and, and it's really, it's fraud, it's theft. And, you know, and I have to, I have to talk with my clients daily about, you know, there's, you know, they're so hung up on how do you handle this chargeback so I can win it? Well, you know, thieves that are out there right now, they're one step ahead of you. They, they know, they know that basically from the time they do that chargeback that you're automatically going to lose. So educating your clients on this process and understanding of, um, you know, having the right technology in place so they can combat this is super, super important. And that, that really is the madness that's going on. It should have started with that, but um, chargebacks is really the madness in the industry right now. Yeah, it's, that's definitely a big one. And it's as easy and accessible as business owners and their employees and their clients and customers want, want money movement to be. There's a lot around it that you got to be conscious of. So def oh, def definitely there with you. Look, but to flip back to something you mentioned actually in the last segment, the surcharge idea. So this is something where sometimes clients and patrons of a business will look at the business like, conversation with me yesterday. Talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah, I mean, the surcharge part of the business, you know, um, before it was kind of named uh, surcharge. And, and, and just for, for everyone's information, I mean, that is the correct um, name for it. I mean, these are state-run programs. I mean, all the states had to agree on this. I mean, they had to be approved. Um, and so it's, it's a real deal. So you can go on the internet and you can look at uh, what your state's policy is as far as um, surcharge and, um, you know, it, where I live, you know, in, uh, you know, being kind of Metro New York, New York, New Jersey area, I mean, that, that is a standardized rate of 3.5% that you can pass on. And really, you know, what does that mean? I mean, that means that uh, for the first time, you know, we, you have to remember, like, I love to use the word disruption, you know, um, this is a very big disruption in our industry. I mean, the, uh, when you think of the payment space as a whole, um, it, it's, you know, it's very hard for the merchant to understand that they're paying 
the fee for somebody to float their money on a credit card and get rewards on it. And, and they, and so, you know, this is, you know, this is actually a good thing in our industry because it really, you know, um, I hate to say this, especially when you're on both sides of the industry, um, you know, the, to me, the consumer should pay actually for that charge. You know, you're getting, you're taking advantage of 30 days to pay for your, uh, your credit card. Um, you're getting rewards depending on what type of a credit card you're using. So um, I think this is a, this has a positive effect on, on our industry in, in many ways. And, uh, you know, like I said, state run program and the difference between surcharge and cash discount, which is uh, your original question is, um, you know, not every processor that comes into the business, um, they're not approved. You have to be approved for surcharging, which means that the card brands and, you know, I talk about this all the time, you know, because people really don't understand that, um, you know, that process of, of what really is a credit card processor versus the card brands, the merchant acquirer, the bank. There's, there's all these different uh, steps from when you run a transaction, um, how it gets there. And uh, it, it's, it's crazy. And, and so, you know, I, I bring that up because cash discount is really just a program that brokers in the industry, um, you know, they developed it, you know, they, they couldn't be approved for surcharging. It's a very, um, it's a space that you have to be in and it, it had, the revenue is unbelievable. I mean, I get client, I get um, competitors every day that their lead on LinkedIn is we know Heartland doesn't offer the cash discount program. You're leaving all this money on the table. Um, and, uh, you know, and that, that is a reality. I mean, uh, you know, you have to make choices in life. Right. Um, and, uh, this is a choice I've made is to stay with a company that is, uh, you know, plays by the book um, and, and is following the procedures and, and the rules of the industry. Um, but like we talked about, Steve, uh, this is not a black and white industry. It's very gray. Um, there is a lot of it that is not, you know, policed. It's not looked at. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's like anything else. You can get away with it. So, um but there's a lot of there's a lot of disruption in in industries that have gray area. I think we've all seen that out there and and you see technology come about and fuels the disruption and the innovation side. But back to the state mandate kind of side of things where things like surcharges are discussed on a state to state basis. Something I learned recently is there are six states that don't allow surcharging. Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Maine, Massachusetts, and Oklahoma, which I believe is where Heartland's headquarters is these days. But that's that's very interesting. Anytime you have different ideas going state state to state, there's always going to be a little disruption. Tell us a little bit about that because you you know you're spreading out and going really nationwide these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, they you know it's brought up and and the state has to approve it. And the reality is in, in this business is that, you know, you know, the, the surcharge is there to cover the expense of processing. So if, if, you, if you're processing, uh, you know, and the reason 3.5% is what the agreed on rate is, is that what they're saying is, is that, you know, your cost of co collecting credit cards um, to take payments should be 3.5%. You should not be making money on it. Um, there is a little bit of wiggle room that's on there, but there's also um, things that people don't know, like um, a debit card, right? Um, if somebody pays, pays for something on a debit card, you know, that, that, that interchange rate is like half of 1%. So you can't charge 3.5% on top of that. 
So debit cards aren't even allowed, where in the cash discount program, they say they make it as a flat rate, right? You know, the, and they'll say 4%. Um, and they won't even send a bill to the client. And it's, um, so the rev, all that extra revenue is going to the processor. And uh, it's, it's an unethical, for, at least for, in my view, part of the business. And it's something that, uh, you know, and it's the reason when you, your original question, why the states that didn't choose it won't get involved in it because they know that it's not, you know, that they're, it's not being policed, it's not being looked at. Um, and it's, uh, the, you know, they don't believe in it. So um, I do believe in it. Like I said, I do. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think that there are many businesses that really just can't afford that cost, that cost of um, to acquire, you know, to take payments. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it, it helps their business um, it, as long as, um, again, at the end of the day, that they're eliminating those those fees and not trying to make money on it. This is this is not a um, this is not a product that you should be making, you know, net new revenue on. This is to offset the cost. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. No, I, I I agree with the sentiment for sure. To to switch gears for a moment before we have to take another break, the idea of disruption just with uh, you know, millennials, Gen Z, different types of folks coming into the the workplace and owning their own businesses. Yeah, I, I just like some of these statistics that are out there that you know, Heartland has has blasted out are are interesting. I just wanted you to comment on it. Sixty four percent of consumers less likely to choose a restaurant if they can't see the menu on a mobile device. Seventy nine percent of millennials today order takeout via website or app. Seventy three percent of diners agree that new technology improves their guest experience and are increasingly likely to use it. Do you see this type of trend increasing and? What type of work have you been doing along the way to help help businesses grow and evolve? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when I'm having this conversation with clients, they're, you know, they're always saying uh, that, you know, oh, I don't need this. I'm doing well. Right. They, you know, I don't I don't need uh, these different, uh, you know, forward thinking uh, styles of payments. And I'm like, it's a customer you don't have, you know, so you don't even know, you know, and it drives me crazy. I'm like. You know, when you when you can bring a whole new um, market to them, all new, you know, customers, I mean, they don't they don't. And that's why, you know, for us, the data that's out there right now and being able to provide the data that they don't understand, you know, it becomes, you know, you're not looking at their merchant statement anymore. You're you're bringing new business to them. And, and it's such an exciting part. And, and I don't think a lot of businesses um, understand that um, even if their business is healthy today, they have to be looking at these new technologies because that is the future. You know, I mean, we know, uh, you know, when you have kids and you're watching them walk around, I mean, they're being, you know, there are kids, my daughter that walks around on TikTok holding her phone all day long. She's being sold the entire time, you know, yeah. she's being sold on, this is what she needs to wear. This is what she needs to do. So if you don't embrace technology and, and put together a footprint for your business, uh, to be able to handle this uh, as a go forward. I mean, it's a really big miss. It, it always scares me when a business owner especially thinks past performance is not indicative of future results. There's many, there's mutual friends of ours in finance that would say that's definitely not the case. So it's uh, people do need to be forward thinking, especially as it relates to this type of topic. We got to take a quick break, but we will be right back with the man, the myth, the legend, the double black diamond esteemed Heartland uh, Senior Territory Manager Brian Ehrlich in just a moment. Stay with us. 
Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my good friend, Brian Ehrlich, Senior Territory Manager at Heartland Payment Systems. Don't forget, if you guys like small, medium-sized business discussion, you're an entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, stay with the 12 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Time Radio Show here on talkradio.myc, the entrepreneurial web with Jeremiah Fox. Great guest, small, medium-sized business owner himself. You got to tune in. But back to us and Brian Ehrlich here. We're going to bring things home with the message. And we've gotten a lot of different topics of discussion going with Brian. We could probably do another five episodes with this. But yeah, with, with respect to the world of payments, I, I think one thing that's crucial here, and I'm sure Brian would agree, is you have to work with somebody truly knowledgeable on this space, somebody who could really guide you through the wilderness. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of complexities to get really the most favorable outcome and something scalable too, where you can actually look to grow your business. Brian, give us some good sound bites here to bring everybody home with. What should they remember over the weekend? You know, that I would tell you that, you know, uh, and you've heard me say this word, align yourself, right? You know, align yourself with people you can trust, you know, they may not have every answer, um, and if they're smart enough, they're going to get you the right one or they're going to partner with the right person. Um, but strategic partnerships in this industry, and, and, and I talk to clients about this daily, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, they have to make that decision, right? Um, and maybe my product is similar than to somebody else's, but you don't know what I could bring to that business, right? So I, I'm always saying to them, like, look, this is a strategic partnership, you know, um, it's not just about payments. There's, there's a lot more. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, that decision, um, and you could look back at, I'm sure in your life of, of those strategic partnerships, friendships, um, they're, sometimes they're life changing and uh, making a good choice 
especially in, in this, in this arena is, is, is going to be beneficial as you grow. Yep. Definitely align yourself. Definitely. You know, it's all about the people first and last. You've, you've heard me say that most people out there have, there's a couple of marketing pieces I saw from the, from the Heartland world, you know, and it's, they're geared towards restaurants, but to me, it really kind of caters to everybody. You know, one, one said powerful and scalable. And I think that's one thing with this space that a lot of times business owners will miss out on if they don't look at it as a good way to scale their business. But the other one I saw too, was from online to prep line, like thinking of a restaurant in mind. And it's, this comes back to the idea of making an impact, not just on one side of the business, like the owners and the management that are paying bills to have merchant processing, but to everybody involved in the entire process of operating the business. Would you agree? I do agree. And, and to your first point, um, you know, when we talk about scalable and, and, and really with the growth, you know, um, the tech tech has played such a big role. You know, it's really the probably the biggest disruptor in our industry. You go from a, a credit card machine to full full blown integrations with API, and and, and that's the long story. But um, you know, and the SaaS model of our industry is just unbelievable. From um, and there's great you know there's great companies out there from Square, uh, Clover um, that 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 are not with Heartland. You know, and 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 these are all exciting things that are being brought. And and yes, we have a solution for all of that as well, but. You talk about scalability. When you're with a SaaS model, it's like no different than Tesla. The fact that we can send updates and that they're no longer buying hardware for tens of thousands of dollars. And then five minutes from now, the technology is um, no longer relevant. The, the over-the-air updates that, that can be done uh, to products that they have is, uh, is amazing. And, and, I, and I'm very happy that the industry has gone in this tech route. Um, it's, it's, it's a very exciting part of what we're doing right now. You know, I love technology as well. I love to be conscious of new products. But when you talk about software as a service or platform as a service, SaaS, PaaS, whatever you want to call it, the last part of that is service. And to do things with a service mindset takes a consultative approach and it takes, you know, someone liking you, trusting you and thinking, you know, what you're talking about, which you very clearly do, but that's doing things with a service mindset, which, you know, myself, the other hosts here on the, on the station, talkradio.myc, we try to do everything with a service mindset, uplift, educate, empower. And that's the, one of the big differentiators here of what you bring to the table that a lot of times, whether it's the business itself or their trusted advisors, I think people are missing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you have to dig deep. You know, we, I talk about this all the time, especially on meetings I have with my team, is that there's just so much more than, than, than just merchant services. I mean, you got to dig deep with these clients. You got to really understand their business, how it moves, what, you know, what that engine looks like. And, and when you can get deep with them, it's such an exciting opportunity to learn their business and be able to provide then the proper technology for what they need to do and how they need to take payments. Um, it's just really good stuff. And, uh, you know, look, it's something that I've always excelled in. And, and uh, you know, going back to Founders Journey, I think that's how I've gotten there is just learning and teaching. And there's nothing better than teaching um, merchant services from the ground up, you know, um, and, and that's really when you teach it and, and they can understand it, because, I mean, that's the reality of our industry is that, and the reason there's so much money is that people don't understand merchant services. They don't understand what they're paying. And uh, when you can teach it and uh, get them into that, that, you know, just a baseline knowledge of, of understanding of what we do, um, then, they, then they can make a really good educated decision. 
Yep. Absolutely. And uh, the the mantra Heartland has of entrepreneurs respectfully serving entrepreneurs, like, you know, even these entrepreneurs out there that have been using these types of services, they they need continuous education, they need continuous improvement on it as things are changing. So couldn't agree more with the sentiments. It's more for the long term relationship. I love it all. Brian, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. If you guys want to get in touch with Brian, uh, B-R-Y-A-N dot Ehrlich, E-H-R-L-I-C-H at e-hps.com is how you can email him. You want me to put you in contact with him? You could text SMB guy to 21,000. You'll get my contact info and I'll hit you with Brian's contact information. Before I let you go for the day, I do want to revisit my favorite three questions that I asked you and you had some fun answers for this. Who is... play it so without further ado and brian did give me a couple of answers i feel like i'm talking to my own brother brian about all kinds of movie and tv everything but archie bunker was the first answer you gave me as far as your favorite tv show character and uh there since a a bunch of folks out there might not even know who archie bunker is at this point you know from the 1970s show all in the family and a bunch of spinoffs main character world war ii veteran blue collar worker total family man and kind of a smart guy as well, which I could totally fit into Brian's repertoire here. I was going to say, he um, looks like me. Yeah, I say, he, he does kind of look like you. And I, that's, that's my impression of Edith. A good looking guy and, and woman. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. <laughs> but you also said Rock. You also said Rocky as well, which you know I can't can't help but think of you as a champion in what you do, and Yo Adrian holding up the belt and just definitely paints a nice picture. You know you want to ring the bell. You know I know you're ringing the bell constantly with all the work that you're doing, with all the clients that and, and referral sources you're working with. So love it, great answers. Uh, you had a bunch of favorite favorite movies that you threw at me. One of them, the first one, was A Bronx Tale, which I thought was great for you. So Robert De Niro's directorial debut, a father becomes worried, local gangster befriends his son in the Bronx in the 1960s. And just, just awesome. I don't know if you're a Mets fan or Yankees fan. I don't want to, I don't want to offend you. Yankees, definitely Yankees. (laughs) So the Yankees, Yankees have fits well then. Yep. That was awesome. You look bad. You look pretty good as Chaz Palminteri actually. Yeah. I mean, that, that really actually kind of looks like me. (laughs) Actually looks like him too. I guess I, I look like him. You got a better hair, better head of hair going on than that, than that episode yes. for sure. So you also had had mentioned uh, Goodwill Hunting, which I I, I love that movie as well. You know, brilliant janitor at MIT, gift for math, needs help from a psychologist to find direction in his life. Not saying you have issues like that in any way, shape, or form, but uh, some somebody who you know, wicked smartass. Yeah. Oh my god! It's my. <laughs> it, you know, I love that show. I I did it. I, I told you, Marky, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. 13 brothers. <laughs> Love it. You also said Days of Thunder, hotshot stock car driver, gets his chance to compete at the top level, which I know that you're always doing. And every every Long Island boy's dream, favorite instrument and artist, you had originally said Billy Joel playing the piano. You also look pretty good as Billy Joel, I have to say. Uh, and then you also gave me the the voice, which I know you like to use your voice a great deal, and I appreciate you lending it to us today. But you'd said uh, Barry Gibb, so yeah. I, you, everyone knows that you like to talk at this point. It's uh, been a great pleasure to talk with you here today. Look forward to many more opportunities to doing it together and provide value to the SMB community all over the country. Thank you so much for being here again, my man. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks for your friendship, and thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. 
That's very, very thrilled to have had you here. Next week, we're going to talk to a mutual friend of both of ours, Mark Irizarry, founder at MSI Advisors, consultant to SMBs and big businesses as well. He strives to become your business's operating advisory partner, just a force to be reckoned with. Please don't miss that. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend. We will see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Take care, everybody. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. podcast gateway to the smokies it airs on talkradio.nyc every tuesday night from 6 p.m to 7 every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the great smoky mountains national park and surrounding areas this show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture history and adventure that awaits you in the smokies tune in every tuesday from 6 p.m to 7 on talkradio.nyc